Up Floor. This is Emerald calling in from Sydney, Australia, and welcome to the very first episode of my series, Beyond Tech, Looking Outside 9 to 5. Today I'm sitting with two very, very cool people who I have the pleasure of working with in the North Sydney office, Max and Thompson. And today we're going to be talking about what you can do outside of work that is interesting, that's fun, and that they can actually bring back into their workplace. So in saying that, I'll just get these guys to introduce themselves first. Max and Thompson, who wants to go first? Cool. All right. Hey, everybody. My name is Max. I am a VSAM in the North Sydney office working as a mid-market account manager for New South Wales. I joined Cisco through the graduate program back in 2017, which feels like an age ago now. Uh, I was uh, I was actually working in a car yard. I was selling cars, new and old Hyundai's, new and used Hyundai's, and one of the account managers from Cisco came in and he needed to buy a new car. So I introduced myself and we got talking and a relationship blossomed between us. And I think the easiest way to look at it is I sold him a new Hyundai and he sold me on Cisco. And then it was a few months later I joined the grad program having no idea what or how to do Cisco, but I think we're slowly coming to terms with it. Wow, it's a great journey, Max. My name is Thompson. I'm one of the systems engineers here in Sydney. Same batch as Max, actually. We started at the same time at Cisco. My journey to Cisco was kind of the same, but kind of different at the same time. A friend of mine worked at Cisco and said, hey, Cisco is doing a careers fair at the university. Would you like to come check it out? And I said, no. (laughs) (laughs) I had no interest in Cisco at that time. Didn't know what it was, didn't want to hear about it. A year later, I graduated, and then I saw the Cisco careers job ad come up. I thought, hey, yes, I want to work for Cisco. (laughs) I should hit up my friend and see how he's doing. So I applied there. I somehow got through the graduate interview with a chemical engineering degree, which has absolutely zero relation to what I do now. But it's been a blast, um, and I'm here now. When I was a grad, I had the very great opportunity in being taught by both Thompson and Max in the idea of sustainability. And we had a great training session about the circular economy. And it was really interesting to see how these guys' passion for sustainability and for the environment actually fed through from outside work activities into something that they could actually apply Also, Max, you mentioned circular economy. Can you kind of take us through what that is? So I wasn't really aware of the concept outside of perhaps like international relations or something as a buzzword that kind of gets thrown around in the news a little bit. But what does that mean for us or for people in tech? Sure. So circular economy is a bit of a buzzword, but it also is useful in the way that we think about it conceptually. I think the easiest way is probably an example of something. If we think about a disposable water bottle, that is a great example of a linear economy. What happens is we go into the ground, we get the minerals we need, we make a plastic bottle, we fill it up with water, then we close the bottle off, we sell the bottle to someone, they use the bottle, and when they're done with it, they either crumple it up and throw it in the bin, and then the product has completed its life cycle. So the product has gone from in the ground to out of the ground and sitting in landfill, it's not really doing anything. The concept of circular economy is to try and close the loop as much as possible between 
where it comes from and where it goes back to. Now, there's different ways you can do that. If you think about something that's organic, you can return it to the earth and then use it to grow and then get that product creating more products later on. So the way you would think about compost. So that's a nice example of something that's circular. It's a little bit more difficult from a tech perspective because obviously we can't just go and put a switch into the ground and expect it to return its minerals to the ground and make everything good again. So there is a greater emphasis on what we need to do to actually provide a environment or an ecosystem where customers, when they're done with their products, can return them or reuse them or recycle them. So if we think about the life cycle as it currently stands for, let's say, an access point, so the thing that gives you Wi-Fi in your house or in your home or at the, in the office, it's a normally white box that sits in the roof. It maybe has antennas sticking out of it, but in essence, it's a plastic shell around a bit of computer hardware. Normally when you're done with it, what companies do is they take them out to landfill, they throw them out, they get rid of them. And that's a huge waste. We can create an ecosystem where our partners and our customers and the people that we work with are looking to take the products out of their environment and give them back to us where we can then maybe take that access point apart, pull some of the precious metals out of it, refine the plastic again, clean it up, put new bits of hardware in it, create some updates and then send it back out to the market. And the benefit for everybody is that A, it costs way less because you don't have to keep pulling stuff out of the ground. B, there's not loads of stuff in landfill, so we get to have a way nicer environment for longer. And C, it should be cheaper for our customers in the long run because the less we have to spend on material production, the cheaper it should be for our customers once everything's been put together. So modularity is a really big part of that as well. There may be capital outlay initially from a company to create a circular economy. It's it's not the easiest thing to do, right? You have to build ecosystems that support it. You have to create incentives for people to want to buy into it. But in the long run, it becomes cheaper. So like with all things, you've got to kind of spend money to make money. And if we're spending money to save the environment and we're making money in the long run, it seems like a pretty good thing to be doing. Yeah, this is this is something I was also interested actually after the very first time. So I created a presentation on it. I'm looking through all the stats. And I think it was they predicted it was about $4.5 trillion in value if we started looking at recycling and actually creating more of a circular economy. And I don't think people understand initially what that scale really looks like. 4.5 trillion is exponentially larger than 4.5 million or 4.5 billion. If you have a chance, there's a guy that shows you what the difference between a million grains of rice, a billion grains of rice, and a trillion grains of rice look like. And to understand the exponential growth between a thousand, a million, a billion, and a trillion, 4.5 trillion is a ridiculously large amount of money. And that's the kind of stuff that we should be aiming for. So there's like a bag of rice? Is that a trillion? No. No, no. 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 <laughs> We're talking like, like the Pacific Ocean or rice, something like that. The difference Same. between a billionaire and a millionaire is roughly a billion dollars. Fantastic. So I kind of wanted to, to have a discussion around how you can actually bring in these non-tech aspects of your passions and of your interests of your life into the workplace and how they can actually benefit the people around you and the people that you work with. And tell me like how you got into this particular movement or why it interests you um, and what kind of made you bring it from you know personal life into work life. I'll start on this one, I guess. So my passion for sustainability, I guess, came when I was 
very young. My parents, we grew our own vegetables in our backyard, known fruit, reused plastic bags, conserved where it was necessary. And I thought it was a great way to live, to kind of return to the earth and take from it. And in university, I studied, I guess, the complete opposite of sustainability, which is chemical engineering. <laughs> and <laughs> really realized how much damage the environment has taken from the engineering. Wow. But yeah, I guess it really solidified then. After that, I discovered more of a financial independence journey. And I thought if I'm sustainable in my financial life, then it should also extend to sustainability in how I live my life. Right? From the things you buy, to the food you eat, to even where you choose to work and decisions you make day to day. So I guess yeah, that's where it's basically stemmed from. And recent, more recently, I've discovered this website called 80,000 Hours. And it's about how in your career you have 80,000 hours and you should use these 80,000 hours to make an impact. Yeah, fantastic. I didn't realize I had that many hours to go. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I think think I'm in the same boat. You know, my family is also very sustainable. So it's kind of something that is inherent, but you do have to make that conscious choice as well. What about you, Max? Yeah, similar to everybody, I think it starts at home and then probably something that you learn to take on your own journey separately. So I grew up on the beaches around New South Wales, which has been a really lucky life, very privileged to be living right on the beach my whole life. And my family's also had a holiday house down the south coast, which was a really beautiful area. So I think I had kind of two sides of the same coin in that I had the beaches in Sydney and I had the beaches down the south coast. And seeing the levels of pollution that you'll see on a beach in Sydney versus the levels of pollution that you'll see down the south coast where there aren't as many people, it really makes a stark difference to you know the levels of erosion that you see. So I went to university and studied genetics and philosophy. So a little bit of a biology tint on what I was studying. I gained that, like Thompson was talking about, financial independence and was a, was able to come up with what I really wanted to be doing other than making money. So I think what Cisco's offered in terms of uh, recompense for the work that you do is to give you the financial independence to go out and figure out what it is that you want to. I think that's kind of been the, the the track that I've taken at it. I think really the passion for it was probably lighted in me by listening to a speaker called Simon Sinek, who does a lot of motivational speaking, but his main speaking is not about environmentalism. It's always about finding those things that impassion you, that empower you, that make you feel like you want to do more. And it's often about how you can find that in your workplace. And so where have you taken this? So what's kind of your journey or what have you achieved so far in implementing? Yeah. So thinking about trying to do things from an individual level, that's definitely been a part of it. And I think that that's something that we can all do because of the privileges that we've been given. Beyond that, really trying to think about how to scale your impact and then thinking about kind of as an account manager in mid-market New South Wales, if I touch 100 accounts and each of those accounts has 100 people working for it, how many people am I actually making a difference to? And then how big is that scale of impact that I can make from a work position versus what I can do as an individual? It's not to discount what we can do as individuals, but I think when we look at what we can do as companies and what we can do as groups of people, it's going to be much larger than what we can do as an individual. So trying to bring that to work has definitely been for me a journey of wanting to teach other people about the scale that they can have and make them feel empowered to make those moves and to feel like as an individual they can really affect huge change within the systems that they work in. And that's why I reached out to the circular economy team at Cisco being led by Eve 
and we decided that the best way to reach out to people was probably not to go after those people that are kind of set in their ways and have already made a decision about the way Cisco looks, but really to try and affect the younger generations coming into Cisco and give them a new view of what the impact that they can have. Yeah, and then Thompson, because you're you're also partner in crime. Is it just because this is basically your office hubby that you're like, yeah, I want to get involved <laughs> with this too, or is it? Well, Max was the one who got me into it. But I have to yeah. say that the Cisco mission is what really empowers me to drive the circular economy. Our mission, I would say, is a very wholesome one: is to connect the world together. And um, the way we meet our climate goals at Cisco is quite inspiring, considering the global scale we have. Right? We sell billions of products around the world to billions of customers. And if you can just make one change on those billion of products and improve something by 1%. And so it's through things and initiatives we have at Cisco, like the Refresh program, that makes the journey and what we do at Cisco more environmentally friendly. So in, in coming to that, how do you actually engage and develop this training on top of everything else you do? What are the challenges you might face? Because it can be, or at least I'm finding as well, especially at the beginning of your career, you have, I assume, a lot of different challenges and motivations of wanting to advance your own career, make sure you hit your own goals. Where do you fit in that time to say, hey, I actually want to go out to all the new graduates and sit in a classroom in which they blank stare at me while I talk at them for an hour. And, you know. I don't think, personally, I don't think it's a uh, mutually exclusive thing. Like if I pick, for example, my day job or this, like I can do both at the same time. Taking time out of work to do it, volunteering or to do sustainability or help out in the circular economy classes, I don't think that especially detracts from the role. It adds to the value time you have at Cisco and it adds to your experience at Cisco and it makes you a better person at the end of the day. I think I think the interesting thing, I think what you've raised is a very interesting point in that when you're early in career, everything feels like it's larger than life and bigger than Ben-Hur and everything needs to be done right now. Those important parts of the role, becoming more efficient at your job, just involving yourself in what needs to happen. So don't feel like just because you've heard someone else is doing something, that that's something you need to be a part of. That's not that's definitely not the way that this works. As Thompson was saying before, I think what drove me to want to give that training to the CSAPers that were coming through, the new graduates that were coming into the program was really because when you get to know the company and you understand the programs that we have in place, you can really start to feel passionate about the work that you're doing. Bringing that passion to work makes you happier, makes you more fulfilled, it makes you better at your job, it gives you something that you can really talk to customers about. And for context as well, within this graduate program, especially because of the pandemic, the graduates this year are spread out across all of the Asia-Pacific region. So we've got graduates from Malaysia, Korea, Thailand, Japan, India. I'm here in Australia. We have another graduate in New Zealand. And so essentially this idea of being able to adjust a meeting to suit different levels of comfortableness in being able to express yourself is really important, especially through my six months, I found out that there's a lot of people who are very comfortable being able to speak up, but there's also a lot of people where it's not something they're very familiar with or it's not part of their, within their comfort zone to speak up and argue against a point. And so it was really interesting, especially in this circular economy previously, I'd done a presentation and then it ended in a 20 minute argument and debate between a couple of the different graduates about corporate social responsibility. Was it a sham? Is it? Is this all for show or is it something that we can actually implement properly and actually make a difference? 
I think that's a really good point. It feels like, and it is true that companies do this because they want the right kind of PR. You need that social buy-in as a company, whether that's you want to have ownership of a single word like the Nike slogans or the McDonald's slogans, or if it's you want to have you want to be known as that company that really does the right thing for the community or the right thing for the environment. Everybody wants their own thing and every company wants that. And I think that's not a bad thing if it's done in the right way. And that was definitely, that was one of the points that I was trying to get across. And I think it's one of the points that that came across during that meeting was that companies doing the right thing for not necessarily completely the right reasons is not a bad thing at the end of the day. We have to judge, we have to be willing to judge not just the intent of an action, which is the way that we would do things maybe if we were lawyers and we'd have to look at the intent and why someone did this. But like, if a company's doing the right thing, give them some credit. They're doing the right thing. So doing the right thing for the wrong reasons is still the right thing, in my opinion. Personally, I also agree because I don't think that if you win at something against another company, it's not like a chess game where one person wins and one person loses. In this case, the environment always wins at the end of the day, right? Um, by doing the right thing, you expand the pie for everyone. You give everyone a larger slice of the pie and not just taking a larger slice for yourself as the market expands. Right? Absolutely. I think just to give some context as well, the reason that I chose to ask Thompson to help me with this was because... Initially, he was probably the only person at Cisco that I would have thought of when I thought of anything to do with any kind of environmental impact or trying to be environmentally positive. But also, like, there's a huge amount of social responsibility that doesn't necessarily have to be run through just doing environmental stuff. I mean, you've done, you organized some giving back days and stuff where we're just giving back to the community. That's a really good segue to talk about the fact that it's not just about sustainability, it's about allowing people to kind of follow other passions that they've got. At Cisco we have a designated amount of time we can use to go and volunteer for other organisations. And so, Thompson, you've organised a few of those. Uh, So in Singapore, there was an event where we had to organise a full circle day. So it's a bit similar to the Give Back Day. For some reason, they just have a different name in Singapore. And it was actually quite exciting to go from Australia to Singapore um, during the first couple of months of my graduate program and then uh, actually have a chance to give back to the local community as well, right? It's uh, it's one experience to go work in another country, but it's a whole other to experience to um, live and contribute to the community around where you work in Singapore. Yeah, fantastic. And I think it's really helpful for the listeners, especially when they're not up to this stage where they may necessarily be either experiencing themselves because they're early in career or they're up to that point where they're at the end of their university degree and they've got to consider where they want to go and want to have an idea of what this experience is like. If you could give me your top tip for (laughs) any early in career who potentially wants to be involved with more than work, what would you say? Say just do it. Just do it. Just we can't use that. It's the Nike <laughs> thing, right? <laughs> get active, get involved, you know, find out what's happening at your local office. And just take the initiative and just to be a giver, I guess. Take on those unpopular tasks that no one else wants to do. Give at, give generously and aim for the long run, honestly. It doesn't nothing will stop you like we did a volunteering event during COVID. And Max, what about you? Mine would be take your time. And if it's creating a huge amount of stress and a huge amount of problems in your life and you don't feel like you can manage that correctly, you don't need to 
sell your entire being to this cause straight away. There's a lot of time to get this going. There's a lot of help that you can ask people for. You don't have to do it in your first year. You don't have to do it in your second year. You don't have to do it in your 10th year. You can pick when you want to do this stuff and it needs to be something that you're passionate about and be willing to follow people if that's what you feel like you need to do because you don't need to create your own vision. You can follow someone else's. Very great. Words of wisdom from the next Simon. <laughs> <laughs> But actually, we do have a bit of a word puzzle that's coming through all our podcasts. And essentially, um, what our listeners will have to do is listen to the three podcasts. So we have three episodes, Mm -hmm. three installments, three hosts, and we've each got a word. So for the first stage, the secret word is, wait, how many fingers am I holding up? Two. That's the word. Okay. <laughs> yes. I just didn't want to say it. <laughs> I'll make someone else say it. <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you so much for listening. I'll get Thompson and Max to say goodbye now. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening.